0: let's do it you know um it's funny when barry said about getting to your feet because we are one of the things i've got is like i want us to do away with right at the beginning of this message being british oh my days like honestly and i get being really really british right because i'm actually naturally quite a reserved person which perhaps you don't grasp when i'm dancing on the front row but because i want to get away with being british can i tell you this god's not british (laughs) that might shock us all. God's not British, okay? He is limitless. He has no boundaries. He is almighty God. He is creator God. And you know what? We were at a conference uh, a couple of years ago. And um, and, uh, massive, it was at the O2 Arena, massive conference. And this preacher was preaching. And he said something, and before I knew it, I was on my feet in the middle of his preach clapping yeah, that's right. because it woke me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe God in this place today is, I believe he's already done it. He's waking people up. Yeah. And through this message now, he's going to wake you up further. He's going to wake people up who haven't already woken up. But, you know, people who are alive Speak. So whether you know them or not, you can walk into a supermarket and you can stand at the entrance. You will see hundreds of people speaking because they are alive. When somebody stops speaking, there is something wrong. So when I say to you today that God has already spoken to me about the word that he wants to bring today, when I say that God is going to speak to you, do not be weirded out. (laughs) Because if he wasn't speaking, I'd be worried. Because my God, creator God, almighty God is alive and well. Therefore, he speaks. You see, he has everything under control. He has everything in his hands. He has it all sorted. The problem comes in is when we remove it from his hands and we place it in ours and think that we know best. And so God is here today. His presence is here. His power is here. He has the capacity and the capability to speak to every single person in this room all at the same time. Right. You see, because we're British, we form an orderly cube. <laughs> unless there's a sale on in the shop. (laughs) Have you ever been to Next at 4am on a a sale morning? I did it once, never again. Our Sophie was little, like never again have I ventured into Next in sale season. But we're British, we form an orderly queue and so what we'll do is we'll say, oh well God's dealing with them, so he can't deal with me. No, God is alive and well. He has everything in hand. And he can speak to every single person in this room and beyond this room all at the same time. We can each get our miracle and our breakthrough today. It's not down to God's capability. It's not down to his capacity. It's down to us. It's down to us. And you know, um, we can be rushing around and trying to sort things out with our lives and we, hello? That's, that's very lovely. Not sure what it is, looks like something chocolatey. You see, we begin to think of, of God like ourselves. And I don't mean we're trying to make out that we're God, but we try to think of him with our own human mind and in our own human thinking. And when we do that, we lower our expectations of God and our faith decreases because we expect him to be like somebody else who's let us down maybe. And so what we do is, well, we don't get our hopes up. Oh, don't get your hopes up. No, get your hopes up. Believe today, enlarge your faith because we need to at the beginning of this change our thinking. And when I've had to do this while I've been preparing this world, I would have had to change my thinking and think, God, over this area of my life, I am not going to think of you as the person that is sat next to me. I'm going to think of you as the one who never fails. I'm going to think of you as the God of the impossible. I'm going to think of you as almighty God. And you know what? When that thinking changes, you begin to see the possibilities. You begin to see the promises. You know, I know people who studied for degrees and they have done whatever it takes to get the result. I know people who've gone for jobs. I know people who've gone for high-flying jobs (laughs) and there's been 30,000 people gone for the job and they have done whatever it takes to get the job. I know people who have wanted to go and see a certain artist at a concert not me. I literally have only ever been to one for myself when I was 18. And no matter how many times they pick up that phone and it's engaged, they will keep on ringing. They will keep on ringing. Someone's smirking, and it wasn't you. But did you have to do that for Michael Bublé? Yes. Yes. So why is it over God? Do we just lower our expectations? Oh, engaged. I'll not bother again. Yeah, come on. Brilliant. Really good. No, whatever it takes. Yeah. If we want change today, and I'm pretty sure that there's none of us here that don't need a miracle in some way. I'm pretty sure there's none of us here that don't need to hear from God. Because I believe this side of eternity, of when my life is over and I actually enter here, into heaven with him, there is always more. There is always more. God is always going to show me more. He's always going to speak to me more. We need to enlarge our capacity today and start with a fresh mindset and take on the mindset of God. You know, God said that there's people in here today and you are running yourself ragged trying to make life right. You are running yourself ragged trying to get your business going, trying to take your business to the next level. You're running yourself ragged trying to make a family situation right. You're running, you're running yourself ragged trying to sort your finance out. You are running yourself ragged. And there's other people in here and you've kind of just given up because the answer you've been waiting for for so long hasn't come. And God wants you to know today that an answer delayed is not an answer denied. And the answer you think you want, you see, you think that the answer is this. I think that the answer is this. And God's like, oh, Vicky, you can't deal with that answer yet. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an answer to the answer, to the answer, to the answer. Because the, the answer and the promise has never been denied, it's just been delayed as he's put the stepping stones and the building blocks in place so that we can manage what he's going to give us. Yeah. Is anybody else hungry for change today? Yeah. We need to have a whatever-it-takes attitude. I've just realized I'm going I'm to burn some calories off today because like it's up that end and I'm up that end. And, but whatever we want breakthrough today for, we need to get serious with God. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. You don't have to. I am not whipping you up. I am not forcing you. I am not bullying you. But what I am saying to you is, because I dearly love this church, what I am saying to you is, my heart for you is for you to get serious with God. And it's for you to be hungry. Because you know something? I believe some people in here, and I've done it myself, I've walked out the same way, I've came in, I've blamed God for it. And then I've come in the following week the same way, and I've come in the following week the same way, and I've come in the following week the same way. And, same way, and it all changed was when I got a whatever-it-takes attitude and that I'm going to go for it. That's really good. So the question today is this, who or what are we seeking? You see, when, when Jeff gave me these this morning, Barry said, I know your eyesight's bad, love, but... <laughs> you see, whatever we are seeking, whatever we focus, whatever we put our, ge- our, our, our gaze on is magnified. So when I use binoculars, can't see anything through the darkness, but when I use binoculars, we all know what binoculars do. What do they do? They bring something that is distant, close, and it is magnified so that we can see in detail the thing that is afar off. So whatever we focus on, whatever we put our gaze on, that is magnified in our lives. So if we focus on our family as a priority and trying to fix something and trying to make something right, that problem is what will be magnified. If we focus on finance, that is what will be magnified. If we focus on a job, on a business, that is what will be magnified. Now hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't give attention to these things at the right time. What I'm saying is what and who are we seeking What and who are we going after? What and who is filling our time? What and who are we aiming for? What and who are we seeking? You see, when our focus is on something different, when we are seeking after something other than what we should be seeking about, seeking, we run around putting out fires. We try and make this right, and then we try and make that right, and then we try and make this right. And here's the thing, when this doesn't work over this situation that we're trying to make right, we'll try and come up with another idea to make it right. Because that's what we're seeking. And once we're seeking that, and all we can see, and everything that is magnified, when that is all we can see, there is a pressure on us to fix it. There is a pressure on us to put it right. There is a pressure on us to put all our energies into it. And then we just need to keep putting out fires and putting out fires. To seek means to be determined to have. To seek means a determination. To seek means a whatever-it-takes attitude. And we get so busy... Seeking and focusing on other things that we miss the one thing we need to seek. The pressure you feel under today of trying to get life right. I'm going to give you the answer. And it's going to take away the pressure. And it's going to take away your stress. And it's going to take away your worry. Because there's one thing. we need to seek and I'm going to read this literally my preach is on one verse right but I'm going to just read a few verses before it to give you a backdrop it's in Matthew chapter 6 and Jesus has been teaching on many many subjects he's been teaching on on one thing after the next he's been instructing the people and today he's instructing us on this area. Now at the beginning of these passages of of the Bible, it talks about and relates to finance, but we're not looking at it from a financial point of view here. We're looking at what are we seeking. So it's starting in Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust, rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal." Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. So I'm going to say, whatever we seek, there the desire of our heart will also be, which is often why we end up derailed. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or even clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? God's saying today, your life is worth more than what you are running yourself ragged trying to fix. God is saying to you, and he's talking about food and clothes and money and this, God is saying to you today, your life is worth far more. And you are focusing and seeking and magnifying something in your life that does not need to be magnified, because your life is worth far more than this. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why are we not doing whatever it takes? Why are we not keeping going, picking up the phone, determined, determined, whatever it takes, whatever it takes? Then moving down to verse 33, which is the key verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Jesus has spoken here and he has addressed what these people are worrying about. He's saying you're worrying about money and you're worrying about clothing and you're worrying about food and you're worrying about this. And what he's saying is these things that you are seeking are being magnified in your life. And you are missing the fact that your life is worth so much more. Your life is worth far more than this. And then he tells them what to do. He's saying, seek me above anything else. Seek me above all else and live righteously. It says, and he will give you everything you need. Two sentences. Seek God above anything else. What are those things you see? God is waking people up in this place. God is speaking. And there are things in your life. There are, some people describe it as they get a... Thud, 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 inside. I tell you, that's God speaking to you. Some people get a feeling of butterflies... What is God waking you up over today and saying, you are seeking this rather than seeking me? Because when we seek him and choose to live right, everything else is going to be given to us. Everything else. And that answer is possibly going to look different to the answer I thought I needed. And we need to get to a point where we're okay with that. Where we're okay with that. One translation of the Bible says, but seek, aim at, strive after the things of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. It's dead easy. Sometimes you think, oh, righteousness. (laughs) It's just his way of doing things, it's just choosing to live a right life in line with God. Seek first the kingdom of God and choose to live right. And all these things that we are running ourselves ragged over will be added to us, will be given to us. So the question that we brought at the beginning, who or what are we seeking? What are we magnifying in our lives how are we living? Let's stop trying to something else out and trying something else out and trying something else out because that might work and this might work and the other might work. Because you just end up exhausted. Because the answer is clear. Seek God above anything else. Choose to live right as He instructs. And everything else. It's on its way. It's on his way. On its way. What do you need today? Don't make what you need your focus. Don't seek after what you need. Seek after God and choose to live right. And the rest it's covered. God's like, I've covered it. I've got your back. But the problem we have is when we are not seeking God or putting God in a little area of our world and then we'll come to church and we'll maybe go to a life group but that's roughly about it and then we choose to live not right God can't bless it he can't bless it he can't say io like that is totally against the best thing for your life but do you know what i'm going to multiply that for you God can't bless what's wrong he will bless what is right by living right and that's why he says and everything else and all these things will be given to you because when we seek God we enlarge our capacity we begin to see him as God God of the miraculous God of the impossible you know I was brought up in the church and my testimony is and if there's any young people in here I'm going to say this before I share my testimony do not follow my example because I spent five years of my life living a certain way and it was the worst thing I ever, ever did. And I'm not somebody who lives in regret because I know I'm forgiven. But if I didn't know that, I would carry so many regrets. Young people, are you listening to me in this room today? Maybe not just young people, but I'm getting young people's attention because the mobile phone sometimes more tempting than listening to the preacher. Young people. Do not follow my example. You see, I was brought up in church and I took it for granted. And so I walked away from church. And you see, I stopped going to church and then other things started to change because I wasn't mixing with the right people and I wasn't coming together. And, and, and I chose a path that was so wrong, that was so wrong. And it could have seemed all right to other people. It was so wrong. And I spent four or five years in that place. And my life spiraled out of control. What something that seemed so simple and innocent at the beginning of dropping church? <laughs> dropping my time with God. All these little things ended up in an absolute mess. And I would go to bed at night and I would lie in bed. And it was like I was a jigsaw. And I could feel like a centerpiece of me missing. Does anybody else ever feel like that? If you are feeling like that today, I'm telling you now, your answer is Jesus. Your answer is seeking him before seeking anything else. And so I, I came to a point where I knew I have got to change. And I've got to change what my focus is. I've got to change what I'm seeking. I've got to change what I'm magnifying in my life. And, but you know what? I knew I needed to do it. But I didn't do anything about it. And I'd, I'd stopped going to church. I'd not been to church for many years. And a relative of mine was being, um, was, had an induction to become the pastor of a church somewhere. And it was like at the induction ceremony. And my mum was like, Vicky, are you going to come? And I was like, of course, because it was family. I love family. Of course, I'll be there. And I went into this meeting. And the meeting started and there was praise and worship. And I'd been around it for years. So I knew what to expect. And then the preacher got up. And he spoke something that woke me up. It woke me up to a point where I'm like, I have got to action this. I have got to do something. And so that night I made a choice. God, I am going to seek you above anything else. I'm going to make you my focus. I'm going to give you my entire life. My life was not in the most beautiful of states that you would have thought you could have presented to God. In fact, you see, I actioned it. I did something that went totally against the kind of person that I was. And at the end of the meeting, they said, if this has spoken to you and you need to recommit your life to God, I want you to walk to the front. Now, that would have freaked me out. But I'm telling you something, nothing was going to hold me back that day. And I got out of my seat and I walked to the front. And I gave my life Holy to God to seek him. Now here's the thing. Nick's going to come up and join me. Obviously Nick doesn't look like I did at 21. Um, Nick just doesn't look like me. Even at 43. But here's the thing. As I presented myself to God, there was things stuck on me. There was things I'd picked up along the way. And where it talks about seeking God above anything else and his righteousness which means living right, I wasn't in any position to do that. Because I'd got all these things attached to me, all these things stuck to me. And so that day when I decided to seek God above all else and to recommit my life to him, I had to start making some changes. And it started there and then. Not conversations I was going to go and have later. So I started to say, okay, God, I'm going to lay down the partying, and I'm going to change some relationships, and I'm going to have to lay some friendships down, because if I don't, I'm going to party. So I'm going to change some friendships, I'm going to change some relationships, because then the bad language will go, Christians, we need to be of clean speech, okay? Okay? It's irrelevant whether you think the word is really that important because it doesn't matter. It's just a man-made word. No, 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 no. We all know what the world would say is a bad word. Yeah. Yeah. Our language needs to be clean. I had to change the company that I was keeping and the places I was attending and the places I was going to. Because here's the thing. If I was still going to go to a club, I was going to get caught up in the party and see I was going to have to lay down gossip and say, God, I'm not going to listen to it and I'm not going to speak it. I'm not going to listen to it and I'm not going to speak it. I had to lay down selfishness and I had to humbly come to God and say, I am seeking you above all else, above my own agendas, above anything else, because God, I need you. I was going to have to lay down drink. Who knows a little bit of drink here and a little bit of drink there will numb the pain. It's a temporary fix. Your permanent fix is seeking God above all else. And the drink, it had to go. And then here was the biggie. Nothing on your back, have we, Nick? No. Unforgiveness. I had to lay down unforgiveness. I had to forgive those that had deeply hurt me. Someone said something a few weeks ago, and they said, Unforgiveness is like drinking a poison, expecting it to kill somebody else. I had to forgive. In that moment, as I stood, and had my moment with God, and I realized, like Barry talked about the forgiveness that he'd given to me. Unforgiveness was killing me, and I needed to let it go. Thanks, God woke me up. He woke me up in a way that I couldn't stay in my seat any longer. He woke me up in a way where I couldn't stay in apathy and I couldn't stay in laziness and I couldn't stay of, oh, well, maybe next week. I didn't sit there thinking, oh, well, you know what? I'll go out to the front if the woman in the yellow over there goes out to the front first. No way. No way. I wanted God more than anything in that moment and nothing was going to hold me back and nothing was going to stop me and it's all right that you've got all this rubbish attached to you like I did. It's easy dealt with because when you seek God and you lay these things down and you say right God I'm going to change the company I keep. Right, God, I'm going to change where I go. Right, God, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to reach for the bottle. Right, God, when you do that, the closer you get to God, those things lose their power. Those things lose the power. My responsibility was to make sure I didn't put myself back in those situations. But they lost the power. But those things they mean nothing to me now. Nothing. I don't have to guard myself. Well, I still have to guard myself from some of the like gossip and things, but I don't have to guard myself from going out partying. Yeah. They mean nothing to me, right. but it did at the time. It's where all my friends were. Yeah. See God above all else and choose to live right. And all these things will be added. He'll give you everything. You need. Make him your priority, your focus, your desire. What and who are you seeking? Today, I'm asking you the question because I've already asked it myself. I'm not preaching at you, I've already preached it to myself numerous times in the past two weeks. But God is asking the question like He asked me who or what are you seeking? Because if you want change, If you want to know the power of God, if you want to know God in in everything, in in his majesty, in his miraculousness, in his power, in his love, in his joy, in his peace, it will come from getting closer to God and seeking him above anything else. You know, today the power of God is here. For whatever miracle you need, it's here. You don't have to wait for another day. You don't have to wait to go to a conference. God is here. His capacity and his capability is to speak to each and every one of us today all at the same time and to do the miraculous all at the same time. But it's going to take action. You know, in the Bible and, and in history as well, and you know, but in the Bible, Bible characters that, their lives changed was when they shifted their focus but they didn't just shift the focus they took an action an action to move them from where they are where they were to where they wanted to go Zacchaeus he climbed a tree to observe Jesus little old Zacchaeus he climbed the tree he was up he was looking Zacchaeus climbed the tree to see Jesus. He was observing what was going on. And here's the thing, just like today, Jesus walked to the tree and went, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to your house for tea. Zacchaeus got to stayed in the tree. But he didn't. He got down from that tree and he walked with Jesus to where Jesus was going to take him. The woman from Shunem She couldn't have children for years and years and years. And then the prophet comes and he promises her in a year's time, you're going to have a son. Sure enough, a year later, he dies. What did she do? She took him upstairs, she carried him and placed him on the prophet's bed. She didn't tell anybody he'd died. She didn't enter into the drama. She got her donkey and she traveled three and a half days. That woman deep in grief because she was hungry and whatever it took, she was getting the man of God and she was bringing him back and he was gonna bring her son back to life. Whatever it takes, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, crippled. 12 years but she was like whatever it takes because Jesus is in town and she pushed her way through regardless a little girl that was so sick and her father Jairus he he came to see Jesus and he was like my daughter she's sick I need you to come and heal her Jesus took his time in fact Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood before going to the girl Jesus took his time to get there. That sounds absurd, but he took his time. And when he arrived at the destination, she was dead. It seemed over. He, Jairus, had had the faith to go and say, Jesus, I need you. See, he had a whatever-it-takes attitude. Church, we need a whatever-it-takes attitude over our lives today. You know what Jesus said when he turned up? He was like, she's only sleeping. And he went into the little girl and he said, wake up. Wake up. This is your moment. Wake up, church. Let's stand to our feet. Because I'll tell you, I feel the presence and the power of God in this place. And God is saying, wake up. This is your moment. You could be totally different to the woman from Shunem. You can sit with your child that is dead and you can cry and you can weep and it won't change a thing. Or you could travel the journey that needs to be traveled to be determined to get your miracle, to be determined to get your breakthrough. She set her eyes on God and God alone. She set her eyes on God and God alone. And here's the thing, if you want change today, It's seeking God above all else. And I'm going to give opportunity for that. It's not something we do very often, this. But I remember the night that changed my life forever. And it took an action. And I got out of my seat and I walked to the front.